You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Monday to you all, wherever you might be. A lot to get you ahead on today's edition of Locked On Cougars. Recapping the entirety of the NFL draft. We did a special edition on Saturday to talk about the selection of Brady Christensen by the Carolina Panthers. But we have not talked about the flurry late in the draft for three other former Cougars, as well as the eight other Cougars who got undrafted free agent and or mini camp deals. We'll recap all of those for you ahead on today's show. We'll also continue with our 100 seasons of BYU football countdown looking at 1932 one of the true banner years for BYU football we will explain later on in today's podcast today's show is brought to you by our title sponsor Built Bar go to builtbar.com use the promo code locked 15 for 15% off your next order love having them on board we'll tell you a little bit more about them later on in the show as well all right without further ado let's get it going here this is the locked on cougars podcast for May 3rd 2021 What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Welcome on in to Locked On Cougars, which is your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thank you for taking the time to carve out some of your day to join us. We aim to be your one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news you guys need to know about every single day. So make sure if you haven't done so already, hit that follow button wherever you might be listening in from, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the brand new Odyssey app. Thanks for taking the time. Make sure you join us every single day as we talk all things BYU. Getting going here on a Monday, let's recap what we learned from Saturday in the NFL draft, even trickling on into Sunday. The good news is BYU had their best NFL draft since 2002 with five former Cougars hearing their names called. They got really nervy there towards the tail end of the NFL draft with just 10 picks to go in the draft. There were only two Cougars we had talked about already in Zach Wilson as well as Brady Christensen who had their names called but in the final 10 picks Kyrus Tonga, Chris Wilcox and Dax Milne all got that call from NFL franchises congratulations to all three Tonga signing with the Chicago Bears, uh, Chris Wilcox going to the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Dax Milne getting his opportunity with the Washington football team I think all three of them were deserving of draft picks, absolutely. I I talked about this in the lead-up to the draft. I feel like as many as seven Cougars could hear their names called, but man, it got really scary there towards the end of the draft when it just seemed like pick after pick kept going. You're like, no BYU guys, no BYU guys. I tweeted out midway through the sixth round saying, man, are we going to show BYU having another disappointing draft? But you know what? All's well that ends well, and five former Cougars in all hear their name in the NFL draft. I'm looking forward to all of them having their opportunities. You can guarantee that both Zach Wilson and Brady Christensen are locks to make their respective rosters. Kyrus Tonga, Chris Wilcox, and Dax Milne, when you're drafted by a team, they do anticipate you making the roster, but you will have fierce competition from guys who are also undrafted free agents, which we'll talk about a bevy of those with regards to former Cougars that we'll get to here in a moment, but I I wish all these guys nothing but the best. I think all three of them have the skills to pay the bills, to use that term, and 
I hope that they get their opportunities. They show well in rookie mini camps, training camp later on this summer and on into the season. And regardless if they start out on the practice squad, you know what? You're still making money playing the sport you love and you get to continue your career where a lot of guys, this is the end of the road. So congratulations once again. Cool thing about Chris Wilcox's pick in particular, uh, some of you may have noted this already, but it is the first BYU defensive back to be drafted in 28 years. You heard that right. 28 years between draft picks for BYU defensive backs. Chris Wilcox is the first former BYU defensive back to hear his name called in the NFL draft since the great Dewey Gray, Derwin Gray, now Dr. Gray, as I should say, pastor down there in North Carolina. I know he's very, very proud of Chris Wilcox. Guys like Gennaro Guilford, who was his position coach, were also crowing about it on social media. Just a fantastic showing for Chris Wilcox, considering that guy, when he showed up at BYU, had never played defensive back in his life and now he's going to the Super Bowl champions. Really, really cool and congratulations. Uh, With regards to what I think of these guys, I think a guy like Kairos Tonga fits well with the run-stuffing defense like what Chicago operates under and Dax Milne with the Washington football team, we'll see how it goes for him. Uh, Ron Rivera has been a very well-respected coach. The bigger question for Washington is who the quarterback's going to (laughs) be. That's honestly the question and I think they get the ball to anybody like Dax or any of the other wide receivers. I can tell you this much. The Washington football team, very strong defense. Defense, offense has got all kinds of question marks. So we'll find out what happens there. But I'm hoping that all five of these Cougars who've heard their name called in the NFL draft, they do make that active roster and able to show what they can do this season. Now, we also need to take some time and talk about the other former Cougars who are getting their opportunities, whether it's undrafted free agents or rookie minicamp invites or even just regular minicamp invites. So let's run them down first off. Chandon Herring signing as an undrafted free agent with the Tennessee Titans. Matt Bushman going to the Las Vegas Raiders. Tristan Hodge linking up once again with Zach Wilson in the New York Jets. Zane Anderson going to the Kansas City Chiefs. Both Daniel Sorensen and Andy Reid out there with the Kansas City Chiefs. Isaiah Kafusi signing with the Indianapolis Colts. Troy Warner with the Los Angeles Rams. So the brother Fred plays for the San Francisco 49ers. Is an NFC West grudge match going to be brewing between these two brothers in the future? We'll find out. Also, Zach Daw getting an undrafted free agent deal with the Atlanta Falcons. Congratulations to them. Other free agent deals we needed to mention include Micah Simon. He got that undrafted free agent deal, or it doesn't have to be an undrafted free agent. He was undrafted last year, came back to Pro Day this year. We've talked about this. Got that deal from the Carolina Panthers. So he'll be hooking up with Brady Christensen down there in Carolina. So congratulations to him. Also, two other mini camp invites to note for you include Kavika Fanua, who will also be heading to Carolina with Simon as well as Brady Christensen. He got a rookie mini camp invite, which is essentially a week-long tryout to see what he can do. Played a myriad of positions at BYU. I do wonder where they'll try him out with Carolina, but congratulations to him. And then Aleva Hifa, who spent time with the Kansas City Chiefs practice squad last year, as well as having workouts with the likes of the Arizona Cardinals. Also contracted COVID last year, and according to him, might have been the first NFL player to contract it. He also got a, ro- a minicamp invite, not a rookie minicamp invite. He's now a veteran. He got a minicamp invite to join the New Orleans Saints. So congratulations to all of these former Cougars. Great to see them get their opportunities. That is 14 former Cougars who are going to be trying to stay in the league or in a roster invite or make an active roster and or a practice squad. 
and it is fantastic, fantastic news for all of them. Some of them made pretty good money, all things considered. I saw these from Aaron Wilson, who works for the Houston Chronicle, does a great job covering the NFL. Matt Bushman got a $10,000 signing bonus and $125,000 of his salary guaranteed by the Las Vegas Raiders. He was a priority free agent, meaning there were a lot of teams who were interested in him or offering him money. How it goes in the NFL draft, just as kind of a scuttlebutt here, is that when it comes to post-draft with undrafted free agents, there are guys who are highly sought after by multiple teams, and that's where a lot of the money goes. Most teams have a pool that they hand out to undrafted free agents. The sooner you sign, the more money you likely get, and it kind of delineates down from there, down to as little as, I think, $1,000 seems to kind of be the uh, the minimum signing bonus you get if you get that opportunity. But really cool to see Bat and Bushman both get a signing bonus as well as at least $125,000 guaranteed from the Las Vegas Raiders. They really believe in him, and I think it's a good spot for him. They have a lot of tight ends there in Las Vegas, but they also use a lot of tight ends. So best of luck to him playing for John Gruden. Also, Zane Anderson signing with the Chiefs. Andy Reid loves himself, former BYU players. Well, he gave or the front office from the Chiefs. Andy Reid is a big part of that. Gave uh, Zane Anderson a $10,000 signing bonus. And then also Troy Warner, he got $12,500 from the Los Angeles Rams to sign with them. So very, very good news for all parties involved. We'll be rooting for all of them and hoping that they get their opportunities. We're going to talk more about them as this week progresses. I'm going to look into kind of the roster situation for each of these players and give you kind of my thought as to what's going to take for each of these players to make teams. I know that free agents, when it comes to the post-draft process, agents have to actually make very quick decisions and tell guys, okay, X, Y, and Z club plus may want to sign you. Here's what I think. I think you sign with this club or this club. What do you think? The player says they'll sign with that club. Then it's a done deal. And you've got to make these decisions literally split second. And it takes a lot of homework. These agents have to be on top of their game. And we'll do some more digging into this. We'll talk about this throughout the week, kind of in a post-draft look ahead to seeing how guys are going to fit in with their new clubs and if they can make the active roster. And also at some point here, we're also going to take a look ahead to next year, projecting out to 2022. What Cougars, what Cougars on the roster currently do we think could be NFL draft picks next year? We'll examine that as the week progresses as well. So congratulations once again to all 14 former Cougars. We will be rooting you on here on the Locked On Cougars podcast and hoping and rooting for all of you to make the active roster and or practice squad and continue playing the sport you love for however long you possibly can manage it. So we'll have that all for you guys throughout the week. Coming up next though, we stick with BYU football, talking about 100 seasons of BYU football. What happened in 1932 that made it a banner year for the BYU football program? We'll get to that in a moment. And a little later on, we'll recap the weekend that was for other BYU sports. We'll get to all of that. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at Bet Online, folks. The baseball season is well underway, as you guys are well aware, but also also, NBA action, NHL, you like UFC, MMA fights, no matter what it is, Bet Online has got the options for you guys. If you want to go and get in on the sports betting action, do it at betonline.ag. You can uh, sign up on your laptop or on your mobile device and check out all of the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs, particularly in the NBA and the NHL. Head to the website once 
again, betonline.ag. Use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. You heard that right. A 50% welcome bonus when you make your first deposit. All you got to do is use the promo code Locked On at betonline.ag when you make that first deposit. And you'll get 50% of whatever you deposit added in as free money to bet with. Take advantage of it now. That's all courtesy of BetOnline as they are your online sportsbook experts. All right, friends, let's continue on with our 100 seasons of BYU football countdown. And there's no better season on a Monday to start off the week with than one of the greatest seasons in BYU football history. And I mean that. 1932 is the year we're talking about today on the podcast. We've talked a lot about a lot of losing football, but G. Ott Romney, or Ott Romney, has really revolutionized the BYU football program in his four seasons previous to 1932. But the 32 squad was bound to prove that this was the greatest team he would field during his time as head coach of the BYU football program. The Cougars in 1932 broke out with an absolutely stellar 8-1 overall record. They went 5-1 in the Rocky Mountain Conference, finishing only second to conference champion Utah, who also happened to be BYU's lone loss on the season. The Cougars in this year opened the season against Montana State, the program that Ott Romney once upon a time was the head coach of. They beat them in Ogden. BYU, funny enough, like to play a lot of neutral site games apparently in Ogden during this era because there's two of them on this year's schedule. But they played a home game, I guess a pseudo home game against Montana State in Ogden, winning that one six to nothing. Then they followed that up the week later by going to Western State in Gunnison, Colorado, once again pummeling Western State 38 to six. Then the week after that, they got an opportunity to go to the Rose Bowl. Yes, the Pasadena Rose Bowl. They did not play UCLA though. They played Occidental College, which is based there in Los Angeles, and they roughed up Occidental 46 to nothing. So they were 3-0 going into their rivalry matchup at Utah, at Ute Stadium in Salt Lake City, and they lost 29 to nothing. Yes, another losing effort against the Utes. It would continue on for another decade until BYU would finally win their first game, but we'll continue to talk about these until they get that first win. But to the Cougars' credit, they did not allow that loss to fester as they reeled off five straight victories to close the year. They Followed that up a week later with a dominant 20-2 win over Colorado Teachers College at BYU Stadium there in Provo. Then they went to Wyoming in Laramie and won 25 to nothing. Went to Idaho State and smashed the Bengals 32 to nothing. Then followed that up with their final rivalry game, beating Utah State for the fourth straight year, 18 to six, and then finished out the season in a non-conference matchup on Thanksgiving weekend against South Dakota in Ogden once again. So they bookended the season playing in Ogden, Ogden Municipal Stadium. They won that game 13 to seven, capping off an eight and one year, quite possibly the best year for what 40 some odd years to come. A legendary season, no doubt about it. Unfortunately, BYU was shut out against Utah. That kind of shows you the strength of the Utes during this era. BYU otherwise, though, very, very good. Once again, 5-1 and one in conference, second place, their highest finish in conference to date. And you have to think that people during this time period, and I don't have a lot of first-person accounts of these eras of BYU football, to be honest, but just me speculating, if you have a team that goes out and puts up an 8-1 and one record just a decade after opening up as a football program once again in the early 1920s, you got to think that things are going on the up and up for BYU. And obviously, you got to sit there thinking, okay, could this be the opening of something special 
transfer for the BYU football program. And yes, Ott Romney eventually left BYU for some national posts in the PE world and whatnot, but Eddie Kimball kept the momentum rolling. They never achieved the heights they achieved in 1932, but still, BYU was no longer a kind of the laughing stock or the dregs of the Rocky Mountain Conference. They were a true conference power at this point, and it was really cool to see. The only thing that was the matter with this program was the fact that they couldn't beat Utah. They had three ties in these first 20 years facing off against against the Utes before finally getting that first win and we'll continue to count down these seasons until that fateful day in 1942 when the Cougars finally did get that win but this is a really really cool season in 1932. Four of the members of this team were given all conference honors. Team captain Lloyd Shields received all conference honors from both the United Press which eventually became UPI United Press International as as well as the Salt Lake Telegram. Uh, Shields was a first-team guard. Vernon Richardson was on the first-team tackle for the Salt Lake Telegram. United Press, second-team guard. Burl or Duke Robinson was both second-team end for both publications. And George Bertotti was second-team halfback in both publications, the United Press, as well as Salt Lake Telegram. And Bertotti, if you read these stories, man, he is one of the running backs in BYU history that probably should be noted more often. Considered a hard-nosed runner, the ability to run away from guys during this era. A guy that I kind of learned a little bit about myself. But so George Bertotti, if we want to talk about some of the great running backs in BYU history, well, George Bertotti is a nominee, I think, that we need to nominate from this 1932 squad. The Cougars did write a very strong senior class. Some very stellar offensive and defensive line play really led the way, as I mentioned. Uh, Lloyd Shields was a first-team guard. Vernon Richardson, first-team tackle or guard. Uh, Burrell Robinson, who played both defensive end and also was BYU's legendary punter during this era. I was reading a story about the win over Utah State. Robinson apparently had 18 punts punts during this game averaged a healthy 50 yards per punt over 18 kicks that's a very impressive outing for that young man so just 1932 this is gonna be one of the great seasons in BYU history it's overlooked I think in the modern day considering what BYU has achieved in the many years since then none bigger than 1984 in the national championship but you have to consider how bad BYU was to begin their tenure as a college football program and for them to go in just over a decade from bottom of the barrel in the conference to winning oh not not winning but finishing second in the conference putting together an 8 and 1 campaign man a really, really cool thing. And reading these stories, BYU, there were a lot of optimism from the writers out there that BYU is building something special under Coach Romney. And we'll continue to talk about these. We'll talk about 1933 tomorrow, the follow-up to this stellar season. But, man, you cannot afford to not celebrate stellar seasons. We did this this past year with 2020. I think a lot of BYU fans felt like, well, we should have been 12-0. But you know what? You celebrate the wins when you got them. They went 11-1 and as BYU. And we just talked about 14 former Cougars benefiting from that stellar season when it comes to the NFL you celebrate him so we're going to celebrate 1932 and congratulations to coach Romney and his squad at this point and congratulations to the four former Cougars who were named all conference from this team as well so tomorrow we'll continue on 1933 uh, 1934 on Wednesday 35 on Thursday and 1936 we'll round out the week for us on Friday and as I have mentioned if you guys are just learning about this what we're doing with these is we're going back through the 100 seasons of BYU football that have been played to date we started way back in eight 
1896. We're all the way up to 1932 today. There are some gaps in there, obviously. There was a 20-year gap in the early uh, 20th century from 1900 to 1920, but there will also be a gap coming up here in World War II. We'll continue to count all these down until we get to 2020, just ahead of the start of the 2021 campaign this fall. It's going to be a summer-long topic, and I hope you guys are enjoying it. If you guys have uh, context or stats, stories, whatever can help me with this project, I, I appreciate you guys sending them in in advance. Many of you have done so already, and I can't thank you guys enough for doing that. It really helps add context and depth to these stories we're talking about, especially when it comes to these early, early teams where there's not as much of the historical record available for us to consult. But nonetheless, congratulations once again, 1932, 8-1, 5-1 in conference in G. Ott Romney. Man. Talk about a home run hire if you're the BYU football program. All right, coming up here in just a moment, though, we will wrap up the weekend that was in BYU sports. Some big wins, also some big losses. We'll get to all of that in mere moments. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends at Built Bar. Absolutely love Built Bars, folks. If you have not given them a shot, I want you guys to do so. They are the best tasting protein bars, and I mean that sincerely. They're covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. There's no chalky texture. It's not sucking all the moisture out of your mouth. You're not feeling like you need a gallon of milk to drown it, to get it down into your system. Give them a shot. There are over 20 different flavors out there, and I love, man, I can't even mention all the ones that I love. Some of my favorites include Cherry Barcia, Cookies and Cream, Peanut Butter, Banana Bread, Mint brownie as well as peanut butter brownie i guarantee you guys will find something you will enjoy they're both are nut and non-nut flavors the non-nut flavors just to be clear are made in a nut-free facility so any of you with allergies you don't have to fret that at all so give them a shot guys they are the best tasting protein bars for a reason and you guys need to give them a shot go to builtbar.com place your order now and while you're there use the promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off your next order you heard that right 15 percent off your next order by using the promo code locked 15 at builtbar.com don't delay folks i can't encourage enough to give them a shot that's once again builtbar.com promo code locked 15 and enjoy the best tasting protein bars anywhere. All right, friends, I guess you caught up on everything else you need to know as a BYU fan here on a Monday. Let's start off with the rough news of the weekend. Number 12, BYU Women's Soccer fell to Virginia 2-0 Saturday afternoon in their first matchup of the 2020-2021 NCAA Women's Soccer Tournament. It was the second round matchup. BYU bossed this game early on, could not find that goal that I think would have really propelled them and put Virginia on the back foot. Instead, Virginia, their lone shot, their lone shot on goal in the half they score on it. They tally a second in the second half to be that insurance goal. And BYU crashes out of the NCAA tournament. A disappointing end to an otherwise great season for the BYU women's soccer program. The good news is, if you want to look at it that way, is they will not have a lot of time to waste. They will spend the summer getting ready and be back right back on the pitch there at Southfield this fall as they begin the 2021-2022 season. I know it's technically 2021 considering uh, what BYU normally plays just in the fall, but who knows what the seasons may hold moving forward, but looking forward to seeing women's soccer back out there despite the disappointing loss there in the NCAA tournament. 
Uh, congratulations are in order to BYU Men's Golf. They scored a 5-under 283 to finish runner-up to number 8 Pepperdine in the final round of the 2021 West Coast Conference Championships at Reflection Bay Golf Course on Saturday. That was a really, really good showing, all things considered, for BYU. Pepperdine is one of the elite programs in the country, and it's no slouch to lose to them. Uh, it was really good to see men's golf. Uh, the Waves posted a tournament record 49-under par. BYU did rally past number 25 San Francisco, San Francisco to finish in second place at 25 under. So congratulations to men golf. Both uh, under upperclassmen Carson Lindell and Kelton Hirsch led the Cougars. Uh, they were both in the top five individually, if I'm not, no, top 10, excuse me, individually in this tournament. We'll find out how BYU does on Wednesday when the NCAA championships, the selection show is shown. That begins at noon Mountain Time Wednesday on the Golf Channel. Considering this showing for BYU and San Francisco being ranked number 25 and you beat them by three strokes, I would imagine BYU is in contention for the NCAA Regional. Coach Brockbank was quoted as saying, our team has improved a lot over the last three or four months. We'll see on Wednesday if we have a chance to go and play in an NCAA Regional or whether it's going to be just Carson playing as an individual. Speaking of Carson Lundell, I would hope that BYU gets that shot to make it to the Regionals and show that improvement, but we'll have to wait for Wednesday's reveal and find out if they do make it. But Carson Lundell pretty much is a lock to make it as an individual in the NCAA Championships regardless. Other news we need to touch on today is congratulations to BYU men's baseball. They swept uh, St. Mary's three games over the weekend, finishing it off with a 4-3 win Saturday at Miller Park. Good showing for BYU. I believe it was their first conference sweep of the season. They are now 9-9, 500 in West Coast Conference play, 16-23 on the season. They'll have another Crosstown Clash matchup with UVU. That game will be on at 6 o'clock on Tuesday, tomorrow night. Uh, it'll be on the BYU Sports Network and BYU Radio if you want to listen to the Cougars in action against the Wolverines. Women's softball over the weekend split their games against second place LMU. They opened up with a 5-2 victory, lost 3-2 in 10 innings, an absolute marathon game in the day uh, part of the day-night doubleheader on Saturday, then won the final game in six innings, 9-1. BYU still has topped the West Coast Conference uh, standings, but now they do not have that perfect record no more. They have lost one game, that one loss to LMU. They're coming down the home stretch of their season. They have, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, games remaining in their season. Looks like BYU is on track to make the NCAA Regionals yet again, but best of luck to them as they get ready for a Tuesday matchup this week tomorrow against Southern Utah in Cedar City there at Catherine Berg Field. Uh, game time is set for 3 o'clock in that matchup. And then our final notes here before we go include men's and women's track and field and congratulations are in order for All-Americans Whitney Orton and Courtney Waymet had fantastic showing breaking fantastic showings, excuse me, breaking school records in their respective events as BYU track and field had 11 athletes overall move up into the program's top 10 list at the West Coast Relays. They had a power outage there in Clovis, California. So they actually had cars pull up around the track to use their headlights, people with their cell phones shining them on the track so they could keep events going. It did delay a lot of events until late into the night. But Courtney Wayman, folks, incredible showing in the 3,000 meter steeplechase. 9 minute 31.37 seconds showing. It is the fastest time in the country this year. It beat BYU's record, their school record, by more than 11 seconds. Uh, uh, Erica Burke Jarvis, one of the great runners in BYU history, just two years ago had set that mark at 9.42. Well, she goes out and just absolutely crushes by 11 seconds. Only four women's collegiate runners have run faster times than Wayman, and Wayman's time marks the fastest 
steeplechase since 2016. An incredible showing for Courtney Wayman. And also Whitney Orton. She claimed her fourth school record after recording a 4-minute 9.31 second, 1,500 meters. That happened on Friday. The All-Americans' time is the third fastest in the NCAA this year. She broke Jamie Cottle's record of 411.67 and set in 2003 by more than two seconds. So really, really good showings for both Whitney Orton as well as uh, Courtney Wayman there for the men's and women's track and field teams. Best of luck to all those athletes as they continue on with their season. And then our final note here today is congratulations to Victory Vaca from Westlake Village High School down there in Southern California. He is committed to the BYU football program. Very much a defensive tackle prospect. I think they list him at six foot three, 350 some odd pounds. Absolute load on the interior. I have heard and I expect that he'll be a preferred walk-on for BYU, but early on during his recruiting days. This is a kid who had offers from everybody and their dog that you would imagine. And things kind of fell off later on in his recruitment, but he's decided that BYU is where he's going to be. And he's listed as a three-star prospect according to 24-7 Sports. To get that as a preferred walk-on, based on what I understand, that is a fantastic addition for the BYU football program. We'll have more on Victory Vaca throughout the week as well. Alright, that's going to do it. A big thank you once again for your support of the podcast, as always. Make sure to follow it on social media, Facebook, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Locked On Cougars. My personal Twitter feed, if you'd like to reach out to me, there is Jacob C. Hatch. And you can email the show anytime, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. Love getting your guys' comments and concerns and questions, whatever you got for us. We're happy to have them on the show and cannot thank you guys enough for your continued support of the podcast as always. All right, that's it for today's edition of Locked On Cougars. But I want to encourage you guys to get over and check out the Locked On Today podcast if you haven't done so already. It is your podcast getting you up to speed on all of the sports news you need to know about in under 20 minutes. Peter Bukowski does it with the help of our local experts here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Download or listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. I would encourage you guys listen to that right after this one if you haven't done so already. All right, that'll do it for us. Have a great rest of your day whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked On Cougars Podcast for May 3rd, 2021, and we will talk to you guys tomorrow.